Godzilla no speed. Uh, in the sky it's a bird, it's a plane. Flying high, I emerge through the flames. Have no fear, I'm here, so stand back. Melanin, activate the name is Super Black. In the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. Flying high, I emerge through the flames. Have no fear, I'm here, so stand back. Melanin, activate the name is Super Black. Uh, imagine that, a future that's super black. Long as your skin brown, your superpowers intact. What would your powers be? Just hope it ain't super whack. Spatial manipulation, create a portal that's black. Maybe just super speed, time travel to run it back. Or cheat manipulation to keep my spirit intact. As I encounter evils the world face, demons the world makes. I needed the world to stay. Rest in peace to Chad, what they killed all the Black Panthers. Told us white lies, I still marvel at black answers. Suits in DC, pray it lead to a civil war. It ain't no Justice League. What's the need to be civil for? Propelled like the juggernaut, it's clear, ain't no stopping. This. The world in grave danger, who can stop the apocalypse? They killed all the heroes, the new ones don't really care But if you need me, put your fist up in the air Yeah, in the sky it's a bird, it's a plane Flying high, I emerge through the flames Have no fear, I'm here so stand back Melanin, activate the name, is super black In the sky it's a bird, it's a plane Flying high, I emerge through the flames. Have no fear, I'm here, so stand back. Melanin, activate the name of Super Black. Hey, everybody, we are back again. It's a Tuesday evening. It's a little after eight. And uh, guess what? You got another episode of Blurred's Eye View live in your studio, in your bedroom, apparently in your bathroom, and everywhere else you can watch us live on YouTube. Listen to us everywhere you listen to your podcast. And, so much more. Show your love on the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button and that notification bell. Without further ado, we got a small crew today. We got a small crew today because you know life is lifeing. We got a couple sick ones, and 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 you know, and in in Lady Mandalore's case, Janelle Monae's in town, so it's very much understandable. Stay off her back, else you got to deal with me. You think she's the problem? There's a reason why I'm the captain. Uh, but without further ado, let's get this started because our engineers in the building. Black Spartan, what's going on? If it's not you, if it's not, if it ain't Will, if it ain't Kira, it ain't Laney, we have to continue this tradition of making me break before I come on here. It happens <laughs> because I'm an influence. I <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. You are I'm, an influence. I'm an influence, so, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, fair but, uh, <laughs> what's going on, man? Oh, I was, I'm good. I was married now, so yes, that's... congratulations. Uh, <laughs> yes, congratulations. She I'm newly married. Owns, she owns me now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to be. Uh, yes, <laughs> our very own, our very own uh, shepherd book, or our, our, our uh, uh, I guess our sensei of the waters, <laughs> Navy Montel. <laughs> With the poles, <laughs> not with the poles. <laughs> Yo, I was inspired by Spartan because I saw one of his workout videos on IG. And let me mm -hmm. tell you, this boy's in like, click, click. Oh, it's nothing. I'm sitting there like, what language is that? And he puts it back. I'm going, bro, that was three of me. And he lifted it like it was nothing. Can I get I, some Pocky, please? Because I'm not going to gain. I'm not I getting into shape. Telling people Forget it. He, I keep Ooh. telling people he's the engineer of the ship. He lifts warp drives. 
warp drive engines for a living. I'm not kidding. I'm extremely rusty. <laughs> the lies you tell. Hey, you, see, you hear this, Ted? You see, we got to deal with this, right? Every week we deal with this. You see this, bro? No, but congratulations oh. on the nuptials, my friend. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, Please yes. do better than me. <laughs> Please. I beg yeah. of you. Please do better than me. <laughs> so, so. I, I got to say real quick, I was at Anime USA, so I got to see, you know, meet up with my boy Substantial and the crew up in there, but I got to meet Shingo 2. Uh, let me tell you, that is one of the humblest cats in the world. Yo, Shingo showed us so much love at BlurCon. He's always shown his love, number one. But he showed us so much love because when we did our first live panel, he was he was front and center. And he came up and he was just like, I will join in on this conversation <laughs> on the on this trivia. And I'm like, have at it. I, <laughs> I didn't even know he was that blurry, but I was like, because you know, because when you see him, he's a very he's he's a very thin Asian man. Mm -hmm. So when you hear him on Battle Cry, his voice and his body don't always match. It, it throat, but it, it has he has that charisma and oh, such a humble dude. I swear that was that was my uh, that was my Beyonce moment as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> not, the, not the Beyonce moment. Bro, real quick, uh, uh, real quick about Beyonce. Uh, uh, and, and, and 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 sidebar, Beehive. It's not me. I'm telling you now. I'm for you. I'm all for you. Don't, I'm don't, riding. Don't, don't for us. It, it's not. Not go for everybody else, but it. I love Deja I have, That was it. I I have watched because this tour is everything. It's mm -hmm. it's all over everybody's timeline. All right, but there's a section when she's doing the song. She, there's a section when they're supposed to shut up. They're supposed to. You notice how I said shut up. I didn't say mute. I said <laughs> shut up. There's a part in the song you're supposed to shut up. And and you're it's it's time. Mm -hmm. I have seen several, several, except for Houston and Atlanta. Congratulations. Uh -oh. Y'all got it right. Um that's because that's Houston's where she's from. It's like yeah. she'll burn the city down, Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. They know better. Come on now. Yeah, pretty much. So you know, there's been several several places where the tour is taking place and they don't shut up there's sections yeah of the of the other <laughs> i should say yeah. they don't shut up and mm -hmm. and but it's but when you see us mm -hmm. it, it's oh we are we shut up <laughs> oh yeah it, it, it's so it's solo sundays in the church we shut up <laughs> don't, don't worry chloe too. Don't worry, Chloe. There's no, there's no slander. I have there's no, no slander problem. here. There's no I slander. I like, I like me. Yeah, I like me. You want no smoke with Beehive. Now, don't, now, I pay people, don't come for me. I like the older Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Those were the songs that I really enjoyed, like Signs and Daddy and, you know, Dangerous Love. Those are the ones I, I grapple to. Right. Okay. Nothing what she's doing now, but this is for y'all. <laughs> See, she was at the ATL. <laughs> we <Set>. won. <laughs> <laughs> Now we won. I want to I bring in a special guest with us tonight before we get further in our conversation. Yes. Uh, he's, been, he's a friend of the show. He's been on the show before. Uh, he's an awesome dude. This dude is uh, Arthur. He's a creative. He is the alpha and omega. Uh, he has written Zosma and 2050Z, which dope book, by the way. So you need to get on that. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's got a new one called The Arrival, which is the continuing adventures of these characters. Jason Michael Primrose. What's going hey! on, Jason? How's it going? I'm going to do this proper like, so we're going to give you this right now. Uh, I've loved everything <laughs> you put out there. Your energy is positive. You speak positivity. You have this book. You have these books. Let's mm -hmm. put this out there that are are amazing. These, these these stories are amazing. Like I can literally put myself in this world. <laughs> so it's it's so it's great to see this stuff and to see you continue it on. And every post that Jason has made, I'm just like, if I don't put this up. He's going to come after me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, if I don't put this up, I'll, I, I will be doing myself in the blur community a disservice because what he's putting out there is just what we talk about. It's what mm -hmm. we are always all about is what everything that we talk about. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But man, Jason, other than finding time to promote and, and tour and write, what else have you been on? Um, you know, I want to I want to talk about the the sharing part. Because I think it's something, and I've, I've been meaning to make a post about this. I'm very touch and go with my reels. Yeah. But this is something that's going to be coming out soon. So I'm going to say it here first. I need everyone to take that 10 to 15 minutes, scroll your timeline, and reshare the reels and the posts that your fellow creator friends are putting out there. Mm -hmm. Comment on them. I don't get it. When we have a community of hundreds of creators mm -hmm. and you go by somebody's post and they only have 30 likes and two comments. How long does it take to put a fire emoji down at the bottom? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like how long does it take to put a little heart, a little kissy, a little, a little lightning bolt, a little punch, like a, hey, I'm excited about this. And to me, it's just so easy to press the arrow and then like type in a little tag button. Just share. You don't have to say anything. You just put it out there. Sure. Just share it. It's sure. It costs it costs nothing to 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 show support. It costs nothing. <laughs> and we know how the algorithm works. It feeds on oh, yeah. so yeah. and in our in our try in our and our mantra around here is F the algorithm. It's really <laughs> so true. I really try to just leave something and I'll find myself doing the pass by and like, oh, I can't do that. I gotta go back. I gotta go back. I gotta go back and like leave a little something for somebody because when someone else comes to that post and they see there's energy there, then they'll be more likely to engage. Mm -hmm. No way. So I just I want I really want people to think about that because it really means a lot when I see uh, you know you sharing on on Facebook. Oh yeah. And and your stories and everything and I just. You know, I really appreciate it. So, um, wait, wait. somebody, uh, my second in commands in the, in the building somewhere. Uh, she's in between sets, I guess. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Lady Mandalore. Here we go. It begins. She can't talk okay. because there's music going on right now. Well, of yeah, there's music we going can't on. Hear so, you. of course. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to sidebar because I really am gonna want to hear how the concert is. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm ready. I'm ready. It was like when she said, "Like, oh, uh, I won't make it." She was like, "Shit!" And I'm like, "I'm like, what's wrong?" She was like, "It's Janelle Monae." And I'm like, "Well, that's a hard, 
I can't be mad at that, but that's when you see that's when you see Kira really shine because now she is in to- she's in she's in her element. Oh, oh, oh social Kira has came out. <laughs> Kira has came out and she okay. is enjoying life right now. Oh, <laughs> r- really? Really? Okay. And she pulled out the beverage with, with the, pinky. the pinky. With the pinky. <laughs> oh. You see everybody what happens when you got when I do the live. You guys want to get to see none of this action up up front and personal. Like, why not? So I'm mm-hmm. glad she's doing that. I'm glad when yes. she said Janelle Monet, and I was just like, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and have some have some fun for all of us. You're right. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna be on with Uh-oh. us. We're we're gonna she just be heard on. something. She just heard something. <laughs> we're Uh-oh. we're gonna be on uh Oh, on, uh, I wonder what she's singing. Can we guess what she's singing? Is she singing hot? She ain't. She gonna be stingy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rub it in. Wow. You better have your voice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you better have your voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Oh my god. Bye, Kira. Bye. Just Realize next time we come together, she's gonna be an absolute mess. There is nothing. Oh, yeah. We're we're yeah. doing we're doing what to shit tomorrow. We're doing family feud. So I, I'm I'm gonna tell her, I'm like, you better have your voice uh for ready for tomorrow. Very much. <laughs> oh my god. So, but like you say, Jason, um it doesn't. It doesn't cost anything to share. We we have so many uh, mm-hmm. POC creatives out here who are putting out fantastic work. Fantastic. Just, yep. And and there's no reason why you can't share it. a link, a Kickstarter link, uh, a post that they've done. It costs nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and we talk yeah. about it all the time. Yeah. You, you you can create all you want, <laughs> but you got to get people to see what you created for it to even have any type of relevance. Yeah. It, it's that's important because creatives out here are putting in the work, but the attention is going to the wrong elements. They're going to the wrong properties. Mm-hmm. They're going to the wrong faces. And I said this before, not all, no, all creatives are not creative equal. There you go. At the same time, word of mouth is the strongest form of advertising. That part. It's that all part. word of mouth. You got it, Demetrius. You already know what it is. That part. Yep. Share, talk about it. I'm really excited to have you all on to talk about Blurred Station because I really want to get that out there too. Yes. Um, I see Jason here always obviously sharing um, his work and, and everything he's up to as Kickstarters and things like that. So um, I think, so you said, what, I've been, what have I been up to? So I made an interesting life change. Um, in November of last year, I moved to Portugal. Nice. Um, oh. Show off. Okay. I see how no, this works. Okay. Like, whatever. But mm-hmm. much cheaper to live here than it is in the United States. Um, wow. A friend of mine moved back to Portugal. So, and I've been there. So, I, I see why you're there. That place yeah. is amazing. Oh, That's my gosh. Man. Let me stop. I'm jealous. What is, I'm, I'm what having Navy memories wrong? here. Sorry. I'm having Navy memories. My apologies. Oh, wow. Sorry. Yeah, they have a, yeah, they have a base here. Um, so <laughs> I did that. I, did, I, I was in L.A. before, and I came here because I needed to ease the tension. Like, I needed to ease the stress 
of like finances, creativity, the whole hierarchy of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to go a place where I could just create and like, that was it. It didn't have to become anything else. Um, really? He was in the Azores? Was really? You were in the Azores? The <laughs> islands before you get to Europe? It's like, how you doing? It's Azores. Okay. Nice. Um, you got to come back, Demetrius. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm coming. Um, so I did that. Uh, and I feel like it's really opened me back up to creating again. And I felt really stifled when I was at home. Um, I'm working a whole full-time job. People probably think I don't work is the way I post. <laughs> a whole full-time consulting position. Um, so I work, I'm not I'm not funding the Kickstarter for you to pay for my Europe. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that shit. Like seriously, sorry. Oh no, not at all. No, no. no. But um, hmm. people think that and and you know they do. So I'm like, let me just clear it up, you know. So I work a whole full-time job um, in addition to uh, creating. And it's going back to the stuff I was doing before, which is like branding, brand strategy, marketing, stuff like that. So nice. I, I've seen. So if those who don't know, I've, Jason's been on the show before. I've said it several times. Um, but, you know, many people who have been on the show, they are attached to us for life. Like, that's just what it is. They need support. They look at us. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen Jason with these posts, and I'm just like, this man is living life. And takes some of the dopest headshots. I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, just living. Just I'm like, I'm like, he didn't have to go this hard. It's, it's lights just, and angle. Lights and lights angle. And angles all it is. And lights everything. and angle. Work the hair. Work the hair. But like, why can't we just, why can't we just live like that? You know what yeah. I mean? That, even when I think about being here, mm -hmm. my dad was stationed overseas, mm -hmm. but um, thinking about like where, we, where, where my family or where our families are generations, you know, back. And I mean, I couldn't have imagined this. I wouldn't have imagined this even five years ago. I, would, I wouldn't have even imagined this like two years ago, like the mm. let alone, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I was a kid. So I think that I kind of, I kind of feel like it's, it's part of my exit, like part of my life's work is to show abundance, to like live in abundance and, and mm -hmm. want people to like, now mm -hmm. you're coming back and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to Portugal in the next year <laughs> and all this stuff and see how it's changed. And, um, I think it's important, and there's also a big, big black community here. Mm. Look at that! The whole entire family is going to be there in another year or two. Uh, before yeah. we go on, I'm going to take a commercial break. We're going to come back with Jason, and we're going to talk about uh, the arrival. Is this new, this new link he had, this new project he has? Just this guy is busy. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, it, but it's a good busy. I like the good busy. So we'll be right back. Hi there, this is a commercial break. This is your reminder to peep the podcast on all platforms and drop them a follow. And these are some more popular episodes that you can go ahead and check out after this one. 
Okay, I think I've bought them enough time for whatever they're doing behind me. Cut it, Chris. I'm going back to my damn sandwich. We are back. <laughs> Y'all gone into far. He even did the bumper from Dragon Con. Yo, that was phenomenal. I saw that blue stool. I said, I don't believe you did this from Dragon Con. And he ain't bothered. Tell me that I would help him. Look, we, he yeah. went so but the Tafari went ahead and shot some of the shots for me. I mm -hmm. said, Well, send them to me. I'll I'll do the rest, you know. Mm -hmm. And there you have it. Uh, like you know, we don't play over here. We we consistently work. <laughs> so, so, you know, like, <laughs> so far, so I got eight one change. got it, man. Come I'm on, ready. <laughs> I'm ready. It'll work. So, Jason, twenty fifty C Zosma, the arrival. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the arrival. Okay, so comic books. Love always, 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 always love comic books, but never made one before. So, you know, I was kind of existing within, oh, I got to get you the cane and white cover. Oh, God. <laughs> so I've been watching everybody, right? And learning and listening, Comics 101, like, how do you do this thing? And it's a whole new format. And so instead of starting with a new story, I started with an adaptation of the prologue. But in novels, you can only write from one character's perspective, otherwise it gets really confusing. So with the comic, you get to see more than just what Alistair knows. You get to see what's actually happening. And this is how the apocalypse begins. And so you're really seeing what the catalyst is for what happens in 2050Z. And this is just one comic. All of the origin characters are going to have a comic that frame out what happens before you get to 2050Z. So like next to be Florence <clears throat> and every character experiences a major disaster that basically leads to the apocalypse. Um, so yeah, so that, this is the beginning. The arrival is the catalyst. And then there's all these other stories that happen before and after that follow each of the individual characters and they'll all be in comic book format. Um, so I'm kind of taking a pause on writing the novels right now to give people the visuals and the color and even though the rivals black and white, but give people the visuals and that kind of like cinematic experience. Hmm. Um, yeah, which is super exciting. Nice. And, and just, just the black and whites alone. That is well, gorgeous. I love the detail. Yes, I'm a, I'm a sucker for I'm like you, Spartan. I'm a sucker for detail. When it, when it, <laughs> Lay, it's layout for me because layout is a big part, a big component of telling the story, even on a particular page. It's how those panels are laid that lets you decide if you're going to just which what you're going to focus in on. I'm I'm huge on that. Been that way mm -hmm. for years. Goodness, there's, all, there's always a flow to it. You can tell when it's come certain comics and and um, 
and Mike, you probably knows as well. You've seen it. In, I've seen it in your comics where it's always got to be a flow where your eyes will always go to the next scene and the next scene and the next scene. And there's not a break. It is like a flowing story. And I yeah. love seeing comics like that. So when Same. I saw yours, I was like, oh, I like that. I need to go read. I need to go back. I'm behind. I'm probably the, I'm probably the one person. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I'm more behind than you. So don't know. So you're ahead of me. Chris, why well, I can't even touch that brother right there? And Jason wrote it. So where I am I? Stay on the pulse. <laughs> well, the important part about this this comic is that for anyone who's ever heard of Lost Children of Andromeda mm-hmm. and knew that a seven hundred page book was too much for them, you can start with the arrival. It's going to oh. give you. It's a full nice. story, right? It's a beginning, middle, and end. It's going to give you everything you need to want to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important, which is why. The, all the different character stories will kind of, you'll see cameos and and you'll reference different things that happen in other comics and in the other ones. So, um, and, and, and honestly, I have a lot of crossover with a lot of my fellow amazing uh, BIPOC creators. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt like it was time to enter um, into this format. Um, and then, And so, yeah. I've got bags and boards ready. That's all I got. <laughs> I've got bags and boards ready. I've I've got a box to put it in. Let's go. I have, this is what I love about mm-hmm. our our BIPOC community in speculative fiction and horror and just generally <laughs> bless you mm-hmm. and just generally world building. Mm-hmm. I've seen not just on this platform but on other platforms. Uh, uh, many creatives poc creatives who have created these worlds it's not just baseline characters and everything they are building worlds and this is what i can appreciate mm-hmm. with what you've done mm-hmm. jason is you're building world you just described it perfectly that we're going to go back and we're going to go build around a prologue and we're going to give it to you in comic form so now not only are you getting a novel you're getting a comic Mm-hmm. Is is a manga? Is a is an anime or a live action? And we've talked about this with twenty fifty Z. Yeah, we have. Yeah, you know, Demetrius. Demetrius knows. I knew <laughs> me and him. Me and him. I'm telling you, always on promotion. I, think. I was thinking the same thing though. <laughs> it needs to be available on a certain station. You know, uh, <laughs> it feel, feels in the building. Feel what's going on. Uh, do you see this as a live action? Is Philip going to come on with you when you come on the live? I, I got to find out because uh, live for you. I mean, I'm- if if Phil's available right now, I can shoot him the link. <laughs> no, but no, because the thing is, I was talking to I was talking to Brandy Blocker. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, she, so dear, dear, dear friend, love, love, yes. love, love, Brandy. We DM every day. We're just always cutting up in the DMs. She's a mess. <laughs> A beautiful mess. She's a beautiful uh, mess, exactly. So we were talking about. I was like, "Oh yeah, I want to hear more about it." Like, you know, you gotta come on, uh, get crazy at the grade on there, you know. And I want us to have, you know, a nice like four person discussion about <laughs> going. So, um, so that's why I scheduled all these lives, and I've got you coming on. So if you want to invite some folks, I will go ahead and get get that invite pop and say, hey, "Come on, hey, live." Hey, let know? me know, Phil. Demetrius, I know whatever you yes schedule allows, let me know. I, we can do we can make it happen. Yeah. Because 
uh, for those who don't know, who have been living under a rock, Blurred's Eye View, the entire crew is also part of Blurred Station, and we will be bringing a new news network. Uh, the Blurred News Network will be coming soon to the Blurred Station. So shout out to Kevin Murphy, Demetrius Holt, Phil. It's a bunch of people that yep. we can't name right now uh, <laughs> due to the strike. But the, yeah, he said it. He's saying it right there. He's saying it. The family is strong here. Yes. This is the, this is the affinity. Yes. Yeah. When I read the, because I, I went to the website and I read it, I was like, oh, they know what they're doing. Because, you know, I spent the last year and a half, two years actually, in like mm -hmm. NFTs. And you're talking about, I mean, it was a, it's ridiculous. But yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the whole prspect of ownership, right? Mm -hmm. Watching. Um, people like Black Sands. Now I think even uh, <laughs> Crater. Uh, stop. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but, tried, but, I tried. I tried. I tried. Doggone it! I almost had it. I was keeping it in. I failed. I looked at Chris. When Chris, wow. when Chris broke. I broke. I wow. oh, <laughs> oh, but Zero but I'm talking about it's the Aries in me. I'm sorry. Sometimes. <laughs> That's some bull. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's some bull. Like, I, I broke everybody. Look at this. Please. Oh my God. Raising money <laughs> to support us being, you know, it, uh, enterprise level. <laughs> the Matrix is not helping, <laughs> man. The no, is me. not helping. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. About this stuff. Okay. We, apologize. we apologize so much. What? When oh, we were in um it. we were in LA for that MGM Studios event, mm -hmm. I met someone who worked in reality TV and I said, You gotta make a reality TV show about blurts. Mm -hmm. It would be so good. You don't even know what you're missing. This is me right here. Yeah. That would be dope. Me right here. But anyway, um I see Lost Children as a live action. I do prefer animation myself. Okay. I love Castlevania. Yes. Nice. Uh, um, Miles, like both the Spider-Man movies. Um, I loved uh, the sorry Spider-Verse movies. I loved um, <laughs> what else? Uh, I mean, I watch so much of that stuff. X-Men, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this one I also liked. All the League of Legends animatics. Okay. Yeah. 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 All those. Um, and there was another show I watched that was actually based off of Dungeons and Dragons, like role play, uh, that came out. I think it was on Netflix. Critical uh, Role. Critical Role. Yeah, I think that is good. It is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vox, yeah, Vox Machina. Yeah, Vox Machina. Yeah. Vox Machina. Vox Machina. Yeah. Yes, I'm a critter, so I know. <laughs> oh. So good. Thank you, Travis. Um, so yeah, so that's that's like where I would, kind of my heart lies. I think you can do a lot more. With, with animation and I just feel like right now live action in that genre is getting really unless it's like Dune level mm, like okay yeah Dune mm. level cinematic because there's a lot of like environments and stuff mm -hmm. and, or there's a lot of technology advanced technology um, there's like you can go from cyberpunk to complete post-apocalyptic to um, you know complete dystopian you know um so there's all these different kind of landscapes. And uh, and so I think if it was um, something that was like really story driven with mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of good action, but didn't follow that same formula of like big fight at the end, mm. uh, same special effects, um, 
I think that it would be better as an animation. And, and it could be episodic too, which I think yeah. would be better. I think this okay. it says a lot when you and I agree. I can agree with the with the animation part because you mentioned the Spider-Verse movies. And you couldn't honestly, you couldn't pull that off live action. The story that they're telling, it's 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 damn near impossible to pull that level of of action and Easter eggs and everything. It's it's hard to pull that off. It's right. really hard to pull that off. Yeah, so sure. I think in a, a certain I think in certain narratives, animation is best. Yeah. In certain yeah. in certain narratives. Uh animation's and, and, best for conveying emotion and just creating a mood, mm-hmm. creating an environment, especially if it's a if it's a heated discussion between two characters. And animation can let body language tell more before the character even speaks. And that's why I'm such a fan of anime, because you get that from that. So to see that in animation would be phenomenal. There's more storytelling with body language than there is with, you know, with dialogue. And there's also no limitation. You see, that's the that's the one thing about it. That's the one thing about animation. There's not a limit on what you're expressing, mm-hmm. what you're doing or what you're trying to convey or how big you want to go in the landscape or how small you want to go in the landscape. That's that that right there is the big difference. So I can see why, Jason, you would want to consider that uh, yeah. for your for your stories, just because, you know, if you're trying to be on a brand telling stage, that's really the best way to go about it. And like I said before, there's not a limit on what you can do. Yeah. Like Young Justice is another example or any of the DCEU movies, um, DCAU movies. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where my head is. That's why I went comic books so that, you know, as a, as a black creator, um, my imagination or my ideas like don't carry the same weight. So maybe someone else that doesn't look like me could walk into some place and be like, I have an idea for something. And someone's like, oh yeah, we'll pay for it. But I need to show you physically like what it looks like. And then they're like, oh, this is actually like really good. Oh, maybe <laughs> well, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like we have to present our ideas. Um, they have to be physically presented, created, manifested, fully formed before mm-hmm. we get consideration um which is why yeah so i i think yeah that's my belief i think that's the and and here's a shameless plug <laughs> uh i think that's the beauty of what you know with us being a part of blurred station and and the path that they're taking is allowing a lot of bipoc creators to bring something to the table mm-hmm. and and show their projects and say i need to try to get this off the ground number one or I want to get this put into an animation, number two, or I would like to see this as a live action, number three. And this is something that all our cohorts are doing, you know, trying to, you know, make this happen and make this reality, you know, because what we don't get to see a lot of is, and when we do see it, it's not enough. And we always Mm -hmm. want more, or it's watered down because of the networks, or it's watered down because where, or some, some, random streaming service you know and it gets taken away from the original creator now granted there's going to be some changes i get but when you take something and you can completely flip it on its head or you Mm. or it it performs well beyond what that network expects but it performs well how that creator wanted it to Mm -hmm. and then it gets snatched away lovecraft country perfect example 
That hurt my heart when we found out that HBO said they were not going to green light another season. I said, why would you throw money away? You know why. I know why. I mean, I know the obvious answer, but that was more rhetorical because it it, it made more sense. Every week, their viewership increased. They put more mm -hmm. eyes on their product by this particular property. It created conversations. There you mm -hmm. go. Well two, well, two parts of that. Number one, it created conversations. Number two, it is said what we have always known. If you give people of color the ability to create, run, and direct the show, it is more successful than they gave them credit for. And when it catches the white, and when, and when they don't expect it, that's you know, when they don't expect it to succeed, then they're like, oh, oh, what, what, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? People are watching this. Do, do we want them to watch this? Do we want that? No, let's cancel it. That cancel it. You know, they, they freak out. They mm -hmm. literally freak out just because they don't give. When they don't give the opportunities, they can sit there and say, well, it's because we let y'all run with it. It was terrible. But when it's great, which we have seen what? We've seen nine home runs in nine different people mm -hmm. in nine different projects. And it is amazing that now you would think that the door, well, because of the strike, but places like Blur Station are giving, giving people code the ability to sit there and go, we're going to let you guys run with it because mm -hmm. we know what you can do given the time and the platform. So that's the reason why, that's the reason why I know, I know I'm going to keep beating a dead horse here, but expecting places outside of Blur Station to do what they're allowing folks to do, yeah, still a pipe dream, yeah, because they mm -hmm. will never they will never accept success when it's not from them. If it's not homegrown, if it's not something that they've marketed or created, they won't accept it. But when it's original and it comes from a person that's passionate about it, creative about it, and has the drive to do it, they want to kill it because it's not their idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have. I agree with you, and. Um, one of the big things that I don't know if you read about what happened after Lovecraft when they released the proposed storyline for season two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, what I notice is that you have to, um, let's just say that like the structure of entertainment that exists in Hollywood, it takes a lot of energy to maintain. You, it takes a lot to keep that level of like uh, creativity funneled into those specific you know buckets, and so I think the fact that we've only had two black Pan films like Black Panther, mm -hmm. out, the fact that we only have one Lovecraft Country, even though there's like a ton of really great black sci-fi. Oh yeah, black yeah, yeah, fantasy. Um, you know, we have Children of Blood and Bone coming out, but that's been through its own drama of switching studios. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Paramount or something, I don't even know, but I remember reading about that. And, and I learned more about the option game, but to me, Lovecraft Country was really a, you can't have this. It was a, it mm. was a, um, where this is going, is going to shift perspectives and because media is so powerful. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think they were really afraid of what the white audience was going to feel about 
where the story was going to go when it came to Black people being powerful, being more powerful than the white people on the show, this redrawn map of the United States based on things that they erased or this power structure that shifted. Mm -hmm. And you need to get permission to tell those kind of stories. And if you don't have it, they're going to make sure that you can't. Um, and that's why I think independent networks and media is going to be so important um, to be black and black. Yeah, they haven't beat me too. And I was about to say, Watchmen and American Gods. That yes, Watchmen yes. and American Gods are two examples, Jason, of what you just mentioned. Just because uh, I love Orlando Jones, because I <laughs> that was <laughs> that man number one that was that him writing, and I loved it. And number two, it's like you said. The whole idea of it all is you hit the nail on the head where it's like they don't expect, and this just goes to tell you what their demographic is. Their demographic, and, and I had to tell somebody this, their demographic was never us. Their mm -hmm. demographic was basically telling, uh, was basically trying to tell a fragment of our story to uh, the, the, the rice cake warriors. Let's just call them what they are. Wait, wait, you mean the rings of paper? You mean the yeah, rings of paper, rings right? The African Americans, you know, the ones I'm talking about. They were, they were basically trying to tell a worn out <laughs> version of our story to them. So it's amazing when you see an American Gods, you saw Orlando Jones come out, and he was just a scene stealer in everything that he did. Um, but they couldn't handle it because it started to be a little too truthful. Watchmen, same way. It started to be a little bit too truthful. And so people were getting a little worried, which again just goes to show you what are you so worried about? And again, it was, they, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, it wasn't that they couldn't handle it, is that they couldn't control it. That's See, hard. once you once you're you have someone who can tell a story, mm -hmm. Orlando is Mr. <laughs> Nancy. Mm -hmm. He mm. out of every character in American Guys captivated the audiences because from the beginning he made it known that he was unapologetic about who he was going to portray. Mm -hmm. He was unapologetic about the story he was going to tell and the presence he was going to convey. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Lovecraft Country. They touch genres that traditionally Black folk do not do in media, in theater, science mm -hmm. fiction, the occult, supernatural, mm -hmm. all types of lore, all types of mythology. Adventure, sci-fi. They, they tapped all of it. And, and based off of a person who is historically racist, xenophobic. Let's go. Come on. Made him turn in his grave. Just ah, la, 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 la. black folk telling my story. Because yeah. Lovecraftian lore was all, I mean, mind you, I, I enjoy Lovecraftian lore. Mm -hmm. I don't like the creator. But when right. you take a, take a property <laughs> that is not traditionally Part of, see, I'm trying to laugh because Don it's Demetrius, and it's told from the perspective of people that are just as creative, just as as mm -hmm. as uh, bright and and articulate as anybody else. Oh, there's a control problem on the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bob, John, and Franklin cannot control what's being told by the black folks because guess what? We could tell the story just as well as you. Even and people want to hear it. Black Panther, they expected that to fail. Yep. It's the only Marvel movie that is that's won Oscars. The only one. Mm -hmm. Really? Talk about it. Talk about it. So, okay. Oh no, go, 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 go. Like, so what are no, y'all scared I'm of? Say, because that, that was the year. So I, I I've been writing my books for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that movie, because I saw it in February 2018, that movie was the, I mean, the reason I really published the books. I, I was thinking that it would work, like I, that I could, but that movie solidified that there was an audience for the types of stories I was writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, if you take that plus all the things that happen after, um, were emboldened to create because they were like, oh no, like we can't have this be the end mm-hmm. of our representation positively mm-hmm. in entertainment. And you know where it came from. Oh, hey, Jay, hey, uh, Phil, I went ahead and shot you the link over, Phil, on, on IG. So whenever you can. Oh, here uh, come Phil, ladies and gentlemen. It, it's it's about it's a party here. over here. It's about to be but, church. But no, it's, it's a party it's, over here. I'm gonna go be you the got, usher. You got it right though. <laughs> because it, it, like you said, it, it's Black Panther along with others out there. They just really, they, like I said, it all it always comes back to exposure. It's mm-hmm. like that has always been the big thing. Nope, it's like no one knows, and it's and it's sad because we have social media. I mean, people are sharing anything that happens in Hollywood versus anything that happens down in your street. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing the number of, of, of POCs, authors, artists, writers, uh, writers, creators, collaborators, such as yourselves. And it's just like you find out by accident because, well, mostly by accident because you'll pop up on somebody's uh, front page. You'll pop mm-hmm. up on somebody's link. You'll pop up You'll, you may be mentioned on someone else's uh, media page. And mm-hmm. that's why we keep saying all, the whole entire time, and you say yourself when you came on here, we have to learn to battle the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, like you said, you can put out here, it's like, hey, I've got, I've got, uh, I've got time and salvation. I have, uh, I have the Andromeda Project. I have, you know, this, that, and the other, you know, and you're putting this out there for us to read. It's like, oh, cool. But like you said, if only a handful of us doing that, if only a handful of us are doing this, and everybody mm-hmm. else being like, "Wow, oh, that's nice," right? It's it's that's <laughs> yeah. the part where I'm just like, but you are the same ones that are screaming about variety and choices and saying, "Why are there more of us?" But You're the see, same he, ones. That, yeah. See, but see, that is that's where you see them become Street. their true selves. That's when you see them show genuinely what's more important mm-hmm. because you have platforms like blur station that are coming out here to create to present a platform for creators to say unapologetically create what you do make that magic tell that story mm-hmm. and these are the same people who say well why don't we have enough of this they always gravitate towards the drama that's already been established mm-hmm. and they don't want to let go of it because they're familiar with it so when you have platforms that are coming out here like blur station who are trying to bring the truth and the creativity to where it's supposed to be and to be shared and to be enjoyed. Oh, it becomes a threat. Oh, this is, this is uncomfortable. I, I can't be a part of this. Yes, you can yeah. just stop giving your dollars and your attention to people who really don't give a crap about you. Much. Yeah. I mean, so I, I spent, um, I've been doing branding for a, a while, uh, probably like 13 years, 14 years now. And one of the things we always talk about, uh, is trust. Like how much trust does the audience have in what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And when I think about something like a blurred station or think about Netflix um, or, or um, oh my God, what's the one? I think it was called, 
Oh, it got acquired by Paramount, CBS, Pluto, Pluto TV. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How did they build their audience? They built their audience on nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So Netflix had access to shows and movies that you couldn't watch anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Pluto really had stuff that nobody else would license, but it's like whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever it was. But that's how they built their. But it was it was like free. It was it was just you could just watch anything. Mm-hmm. So when I think about Blur Station, it's like how do you get that forefront thing that's going to to help or, or, the, or that groundswell of, of creators and properties that are gonna really help solidify that trust in the platform and the type of content, the quality content that that, that will be created. Um, that's one part. And the other part, going back to what we talked about earlier about sharing content, engaging with people's content, I get it. I remember when I posted that I had finished my first book, no one said anything, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when I posted a fake cover of me on um, Vogue, okay? <laughs> and you, the comments, it wasn't even real. Mm-hmm. The comments were crazy, like over a hundred. We, we got a special guest with us. Phil Butcher Jr. of 9B Collective is in the building. <laughs> Phil's back. What's going on, man? Told you, it's hey, a family everybody. affair over here. This is the barbecue. This is where it all happens. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Phil? So, nothing much. I was just hanging out. So I was like, I might as well join you guys and talk for a little bit before I got to go back to work. This is good work. It's good work. This is work. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm literally tired before I do this show and I'm just like, mm, time to go to work. Time to go to nine work. to five, nine to five job. I'm just like, that's, uh, yeah. that's why you have Red Bull. <laughs> overrated how dare you sir that is overrated <laughs> Red, Red Bull saves lives <laughs> so I think um, it's it's fair to say and, and like you were saying Jason it's fair to say that you know and we all agree like when mm-hmm. you see products when you see projects like Lovecraft Country and Watchmen and, and the, the conversations that were started up just mm-hmm. behind certain little nuggets mm-hmm. of information you know, and even talking to people that even I work with that are older than me and saying, hey, I've known about the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre. I've known about it for years, but they hadn't, you know, and, you know, we're in an age now where it's just like, OK, you have information readily accessible. Oh, that eye opener, that mm. that eye opener after the show, after that first episode, that first episode, what was that number one Google search? Mm. The number one Google search was Tulsa Massacre, and that yep. so many people are like, that actually happened, right? Mm-hmm. Folks, oh, the, no- the number the number one search is is the Tulsa Massacre real? Yeah, and that was that literally was it, and people were like, oh, it's real. That's crazy, um, and it's crazy that it took that. I think that even. What was the other show? Was it Watchmen? Was Watchmen it, did that, it too. Like, Watchmen. was that? Yeah, yeah. Watchmen did it too. So Watchmen, Watchmen kind of, Watchmen kind of laced it. Yeah, yeah. In Lovecraft, yeah, was, like, that was the first episode. Yeah, yeah. That was the first yeah. episode. Yeah. They came in with a sledgehammer. We're gonna, we're gonna hit you. We're gonna hit <laughs> you in the face. I think it's one of those things where it's difficult because 
I think what I learned over even over the last like with pandemic and politically and everything over the last like however many years now because it just blurs together right it does <laughs> it just it really does where I'm just like I don't even know what's going on right now um but I think that what I did learn is that education is very important mm. so education is very important and the lack of education or the means to getting the truth um is detrimental and the reason why it is is because it, everyone doesn't will never agree like you know you could stand up right now and say i wish that everyone got along and everyone was happy and somebody would be like no i don't agree like right like mm -hmm. someone would someone will always disagree mm -hmm. but the key to agreeing or being able to find a path forward is always going to be education and everybody being on the same page and what we have in this country that's very difficult is we're all on different pages trying to have the same conversation mm -hmm. and we'll never be able to have that conversation meaning if i talk to you and i start talking about systemic racism and you don't know about redlining and you don't know about tulsa you mm -hmm. then we're literally having we're going to argue because we're going to mm -hmm. have a different conversation yeah. from the very uh -huh. beginning because your formative yep. information is based off of a lack of facts or facts that I have. And so it's like, hey, all of these things happen. Now, what do we do about them? Like you've been literally living on top of falseness or you've been living on top of ignorance, right? So it's like, and that's not to say that everyone has all the answers. It's just in any conversation you have, there's going to be a point where you split off because you either don't have enough information to continue or every everyone's not educated in the same way. And I think that that's been something that's been really difficult to try to steer conversations is like everybody on social media wants to have a conversation, but I'm like, can we have that conversation? Like this conversation is a waste of time, right? That right so there. That's the part is that everybody wants to talk, but I'm just like, hey, like, I don't, you know, like, and that's kind of, that's been the most frustrating part is like the, the most ignorant voice in the room being, being the loudest. I think <laughs> that really bothers me, but like, it's the one where it's like, hey, did you think like, you know, we're talking about women's rights right now. So should you be talking louder than the women in the room? Maybe not. Like, like, or, like it's like, it's, right. it's very difficult to get, but it used to be where I think it was just without social media and there was the quorum, right? Like someone that's out in the middle of a field that never knows anything about neuroscience wouldn't step into a conversation about neuroscience or like, or, or newer physicists or whatever. They wouldn't step into that conversation and then start talking. They would mm -hmm. just know that that was inappropriate. But now it's like everybody's just like, "Oh yeah, I saw that one time on TikTok." So let me just give my opinion. It's like, shut up! Like, what are you talking about? Like, like why are you in this conversation? What, what did Ty, what did Tyson say? Social media made y'all made a lot of you guys uh, very unafraid of getting punched in the mouth. Correct. Mm -hmm. Very reason. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just appropriateness. It's like if you went to a friend of a friend's funeral, right? Like you don't even know them. If the family isn't falling out and balling out of control, like just losing it, neither should you. But right now, we're we literally live in a place to where you don't even know this person, and you're rolling down the aisles and saying how much they meant to you. Like it's like, why are you doing that? It's so inappropriate, and that's where we are on every level: education, yeah. entertainment. You just have people just popping in and just thinking like the thing is to talk. And I'm like, do you are you educated enough to talk in this? I'm not even calling you stupid. I'm just saying, do you know anything about this subject that you're <laughs> emotionally like rattling off about like probably not that's the part that's been really difficult and so i've wait i've saved a lot of energy by recognizing the conversations that i'm in where i'm just like okay let's have a conversation and it's very quick you're very quick to be able to be like oh this is going to be a waste of time or this yeah. is going to be a draining thing where i have to spend so much time explaining everything before we can even talk about what we were going to talk about right yeah you yeah. have to have yeah. that 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 level of 
sensibility, uh, number one, to <laughs> even step into those rooms and think like, you know, it's funny you mentioned the women's rights thing. It was just like, oh, no, these women shouldn't do that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but aren't you like a 75 year old man that has no ovaries whatsoever? <laughs> Your time has come and gone. <laughs> you are the Gandalf we didn't want. <laughs> I was gonna sit there. And I was gonna be worse. I was gonna sit there and say, "When is your expiration date? Shouldn't it be up by now?" <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, I just wish people understood there was appropriateness. Just the appropriateness of being like, "Okay, who's talking? Who's qualified?" Am I in that range? Probably mm -hmm. not. But people don't know how to self-edit anymore. They don't like. They don't. There's like almost zero accountability. So you can just step into something and just feel like you can talk and you can go off on your soapbox or whatever and then just disappear and leave. And I'm just like, what is that? Like, why do you feel like that was a necessary thing to do? You mm -hmm. know you I like mm -hmm. I can see it in your eyes. You know you don't know. So just shut the fuck up. Like just shut up. <laughs> so we like, reward <laughs> we reward radical opinionism. I mean, our system rewards radical opinionism so yeah. um, mm -hmm. social media does that. Are literally so encouraged cool. to be cool. as outrageous as possible in exchange for whatever that comes with which is mm -hmm. really like popularity sensationalism shares likes comments i mean and again going back to what we were talking about before it's like yeah. mm -hmm. we could be creating really positive powerful content for the community that really shows us as heroes that shows us as um abundant you know, Afrofuturism, all that. And you'd rather go like this post that talks about like how, I don't know, how unfair Hollywood is, you know? It's just like, why are we like, so, okay, yes. And we, there's stuff here that's being made that doesn't have anything to do with that. And yet it's like not enough. So I, I, always, chalked, I always chalked it up like this. You could put out, a, you could put out a grand storytelling of people of color that would rival the level of Star Wars, mm -hmm. it would get 10 likes. If I sat there and said the next season of Real Housewives of Atlanta was coming out, instant blackout. <laughs> and, and I would be one of them. I'm sorry. I really and I, I, I'm not. I'm not like, you, you you also say this. There, yeah. Well, thank you for admitting that at least. After the housewives, They're I'm, not, I'm not trying to. I'm not, it is nonfiction material. Okay. Every everybody has their everybody has their own fiction. I know because I follow wrestling. It's so man. It's a man so proper. I get the name. It. Yeah, yeah. So, Same. But I, but I, but I'm pointing it out. It's just that. You can see that number one, it's our attention, and number two, it's the machine, and that the machine will drive whatever is the bigger money driver. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing that even now that we're seeing more, we're seeing a lot more, a lot more authors and writers and and movie makers are getting a lot more shy now, just because well, a opportunity. Be the pandemic because the pandemic really changed the landscape on a lot of things and may have actually increased that ability of, of creativity among us. At the same time, you, we're seeing that the fact that you're not seeing failure. That's the thing I take away from that. You're not mm. really seeing failure. You're actually seeing the number of people increase mm. and that the stories yeah. increase. None of them are the same. All of them are unique. All of them are intriguing. At the same time, there's a plan behind everything. 
That right there is the difference. That there's planning, there's mind of ownership, there's there's care, there's passion behind it. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. There's love behind it. Yeah, there's love behind it. So that's why, like I said, I'm not trying to knock, I'm not knocking the Ratchet Show. The Ratchet Shows will be there until the end of time. I've accepted that in life. But at the same time, <laughs> Flavor I would, of Love, season 25. You know, Flavor yeah, Flavor is not going to go down easy, okay? <laughs> that, that dude's like Keith Richards. He ain't going to die. <laughs> he ain't going to die. <laughs> this man will outlive us all. But, um, uh, but no, that's the point I'm getting at. It's just that, you know, that's the reason why I keep saying it has to be, it really has to be us that, that, pushes others forward we have to get them that exposure we have to get uh others like jason and others like phil and others like oh phil twice but it but creators such as yourselves we have to get them push them forward and say this is what these guys are doing and if you saw what they're doing that's the big thing it's almost like going back to cons it's like when people realize there are black cons, like mm. on, like on. Uh, uh, J1 con, and I, and I keep going down the road here. But Lord. <laughs> really? Much really? Me, Even at the Janelle Monet concert, she still has still the fire up rounds, and I love it. Still <laughs> doing shots from Janelle Monet, but I still want a picture, Kira. But um, <laughs> put that bazooka back in your purse and enjoy the concert, okay? Right. You but, that's, but that's just it. It's just the whole idea of just I like the fact that we're seeing more of that now. But mm -hmm. it is, but it is upon us to keep pushing that out there forward. And you know, until we either until AI finally dies, which that's never going to happen. We have to we have to be our word of mouth. We have to be our biggest. We have to be our biggest advertisement for those that are doing exactly. Um, while that they're showing off their talent for the world to see is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have a question for for both Phil and Jason. With the world of speculative fiction coming from the BIPOC community, do you see a, a wave, a new generation of creatives? creatives of color uh coming forward and saying you know what there's a story i've always wanted to tell or there's a story i've always wanted to write or draw or becoming more re uh, relevant and being seen mm. he's muted phil you're muted phil oh, Fit, you're phil muted. unmute oh, yourself sir hold on <laughs> There we go. Hey, Doggone it, Phil. <laughs> started off with some really big words, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to be the answer to this. <laughs> My brain just started going, no, no, no. <laughs> he said juxtaposition. No, I was like, oh, did he? Yes. Me, sir. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I think uh, I do see things getting better. I guess, I guess what I see is I see things getting more um, specific. Um, which has been kind of cool. Like, so it's not just enough to diversify something or to add in people for no reason. They're saying like, I want to see a Filipino episodic with a little boy going on an adventure in the Philippines. Like they want to see that. They don't want to see like, oh, and just throw in the little Filipino boy in this random like place that doesn't make any sense. Like they want to see more specificity. And so I feel like content wise, what you're getting right now is behind the scenes is creativity in that way. 
where mm -hmm. we're going to see some specific projects coming out that may not cater to everyone. It might cater to a specific group, or it's it's inviting people to come into that group to actually learn something. So I always relate this the same way as uh, like when Beyonce did Homecoming. I related to the same thing. She put it out. If you don't know why they're moving that way, look it up. If you don't know why the music sounds cool, look it up. If you don't know why the band is playing, like it's like she didn't explain it. It's just like, here's my art. Here's this thing. I'm paying tribute to this thing. And then that's the way art should be, right? It's not a specific, mm -hmm. like, I'm going to handheld, you know, handhold you. Um, because that's not the way the world works, at least especially I know for Black people. We mm. are integrated in the world right away to where we have to emote and empathize with people that don't look like us. We have to do that and be ourselves, right? Whereas a lot of people have the benefit of not having to do that. They can literally just go through the world and not empathize with anyone that doesn't look like them. Matter of fact, it's a muscle that they don't use, which is why we have such a, a hard time, right? Which is why, because they, they don't everything if everything caters to you you don't have to use that muscle you don't have to be like oh this this video game character doesn't look like me but i can understand their story and their plight anyway it's like they panic and freak out like why doesn't it look like me right it's like it's that mm -hmm. thing um whereas we have it the opposite way so right now i think content or i hate that word but i i think <laughs> art like the way it's used, the way it, like the, yeah. the, the art that we're doing now, I think is getting a lot more specific. That's not to say that there aren't still problems. It's highly problematic, <laughs> but it's getting better. Or at least I'm starting to see some, some you know, in the in the optimism of it all. I'm so, seeing it. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, think... by, by the way, uh, congratulations uh, for those who don't know. Uh, you were one of the designers for Blue Beetle. Oh, yes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> last time we talked, we couldn't say anything about yeah, it. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I I'm like, you could have said something. He stopped, he stopped himself. <laughs> that should have been a dead giveaway when he stopped himself in that last one. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you see NDA come into play. It's like, what is that? It says, nigga, don't ask. I, I pulled a full blown Mitch. Exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was the quickest. That was the quickest all stop on record. That was crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't, I didn't right from the hip hop. Oh, like that. <laughs> screeching that night. Oh, <laughs> uh, what about you, Jason? Uh, it's interesting to hear from Phil's perspective because. Uh, you're so deep into that system and how it works, and it is so gatekept. Like it's so gatekept. Very. Um, yeah. I feel like I've been interfacing a lot with the ind independent comic community. So in the three or four years, the three years I say since like 2000, really 2020 was when people started to congeal. Everyone started to become aware of each other because of social media, because of the, the lockdown, and then people really started to create um more courageously because they saw a lot of their other things go away um so i saw this first generation and then now i'm starting to see that because those people have stepped out there are younger generations that say oh i want to make a comic book now there was a young man who reached out to me two and a half years ago and he just crowdfunded his comic hmm. and it took him that long to make it but he did not stop and I remember when he went and he was, wasn't working, he went and got a job, he was working at like Chick-fil-A and he was paying for those pages. And I was like, that's real. And Man, then from yeah. Dream Comics, 
he just posted that his daughter is in a film contest. And so I started thinking, I'm like, well, what if Newton hadn't started writing um, uh, Crescent City Monsters? Like, what if he had a mm. Would she have felt as empowered to go forward in film? And, and to be encouraged and to be connected, right? Because Newton has relationships now that he probably was able to, you know, to like, it, it works faster. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing is the access open, whether it be within Hollywood, it's opening smaller. But I think in the independent landscape, the access is opening, number one, from technology, number two, from the number of people that are kind of in it, uh, who can provide mentorship to those um, others that are coming up. And um, I think it's really beautiful to see. And people are telling stories that they want to read. So it's really not feeding a market. Or I should, I want to say too, I want to add, because Jason just brought up something that's really important that's kind of subliminal under the scenes, which is the thing that he's kind of touching on is that the power or at least the the ability to get your story out there has shifted to where you don't have to wait for the big studio, mm. like, or or they're not always in control. Right now, what we saw because of the writer's strike and everything else, right, is a, the system has failed, meaning streaming, all of the, like, all the way that, that they do business currently does not work, right? It's not working. Uh, people are struggling, like, everything, the cost of living and everything has gone up, and yet wages haven't increased to the point where you, like, it balances itself. So you also have everybody saying like, oh, to watch this show, I got to do another $9.99 or $4.99 or seven, like like just for one show or whatever, right? So it's like splitting everything up has caused this big, big thing, but it's also made it to where when you're creating your own show or your content stuff, the audience has shifted to watching what they actually want to see, meaning they're no longer is easily tripped. So they're like, we're going to put out this crabby movie that we did last year. And people are like, great, I'm not going to watch it. Like they don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. But if they see something they actually want, they're like, I'm going to go over there. So it's interesting because the audience has shifted to a point where they're not paying attention or they're not easily fooled anymore. So they do want to see diverse content, whether or not the studio decides to do it or not, they'll just keep being behind until they realize it makes money. And that's kind of where we are. Yeah. Uh, but that was a good mm -hmm. point because I completely forgot about that segment of it, which is we all talk about the entertainment, entertainment industry at large in terms of like the systems that are in play and all of the big things. But we forget that that also has been on such shaky ground that the audience, the general public has moved on. They've actually... Mm -hmm to do this people got a lot of stuff at home now so even going to the movies now is like a you know like some people want to go and then yeah. others like or they're just like at bare minimum you'll be like i must see that in the theater or i'll wait till that comes home we didn't have that option years ago where it was just like you go to the theater or you're you waiting to go year or months to see whatever that movie was right so with options comes choice um, and i think that that's changed the landscape landscape of content or what we're putting out basically and and that's why yeah. you, that's why you come over to blur station there you yeah. go yeah. Yeah. there you go come on blur station we are signing up people come to uh, subscribe and we are trying to get to a 100,000 sub uh, subscribers at the end of october i believe and uh we will be getting beginning begin uh, pre-production on many shows, including the Blurred News Network uh, and the Undead Horizon, Don by Jarrell and his his family, his daughter, and her makeup skills. <laughs> she got a future. Ooh, she got a future. absolutely. She got a future, and then bless you. <laughs>
No kid should be that freaking talented. Uh, <laughs> that kid is talented. Uh, but yeah, come over to Blur Station. You sign up to the Affinity thing. You all Affinity uh, program. You also get a chance to own a piece of the action, which you can't uh-huh. get at these other services. So after 36 months, guess what? You own a piece of the company and you mm-hmm. get to play and see yeah. stuff that you like. And you don't get stuff canceled that you like. You you actually get to see Which is incredible. Can yeah. can I can I also say as as and at one time this was not a title I was proud of, as the older blurred in the in the room. Um one of the biggest things I was always particular about growing up is history. Because I knew I wanted to have a family. I knew I was going to have children. I've got kids and grandkids. And as I've gotten older, I've wanted something left behind for them. So when my time is done and I decide to step behind the curtain, when they come forth, they can see that there is a plethora of talent and passion already established. And that means more to me than anything. And right now we're at a precipice. Mm -hmm. Most people are still trying to live up the role of being a lemming. Oh, they like this. I'm going to like this too. Oh, they like that. I'm going to watch that too. Wait, 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 wait. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Where is your investment? Where is your commitment? Who are you committing to? Are you committing to the companies and the studios out here that don't care about anything but what's in your wallet? Or are you going to create, be a part of a legacy and a history that will be there because there's some people who don't want us to succeed. It's, it's still an ongoing thing. They do not want us melanated creators to succeed artists, writers, musicians, you name it. They want us to fail. So they can say, ha ha, you couldn't do it. Right. But as a father, but as a father and a grandfather, I don't want that. So this investment, especially in blurred station is important Mm -hmm. in our authors in our artists, and our filmmakers, our makeup artists, our cosplayers, comic book art, all of this, it's important. Because there was a time where I couldn't see anybody who looked like me that did the things that I loved. Yeah. Hell, I got into a fight at nine years old reading a Black Panther comic on my grandmother's porch. (laughs) I lost, but I still got that book, though. <laughs> that's me. He's like, that's neither here or there. The point is, uh... the point is, Al. The point is, <laughs> but uh, but but the thing is, though, aside from that, I'm I'm with Blur Station not only because of that, but the big part that everybody keeps saying, and Chris has said, it, ownership. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what it's like, what you know, once you shuffle off this mortal coil, if you will, what is left? What is your what's your legacy? As 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 Navy said, what's your legacy? What are you leaving behind? Do you want to sit there and say that yes, me along with a handful of others decided to breathe life into something that's gonna outlive us all, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a shining beacon for others to come and say, what they tell you no, we're gonna be like, come on in. We we gonna treat, you know, we keep on saying how we keep on saying how our podcast is the cookout. That right there is the uh, that is the grand old fish fry annual reunion where they got to bring the the elderly out of the nursing home type of thing. What I'm getting at is just that that's the part where that's going to be the legacy. That's going to be the part of it. It's going to be 
where you own something that's going to have value. Of course, it's going to have value, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's going to be like, like Navy said, it's history. It's going to be like when my kids are going to be wondering, you know, you know, they're going to be sitting there telling their kids, hopefully, you know, we have this, or you know, turn on, turn on, turn on Blur Station, who by now has bought out Disney or is, or is <laughs> done, you know, done this or done that. The fact that we can sit there and say decades from now that something that everybody has has invested in not just monetary but but invest themselves and their creativity in that's the big thing i'm getting at it's like it's almost i don't want to compare it to motown but it's close Mm. i mean motown motown in itself no no shade to that entire history behind motown in detroit and hitsville usa that is a micro universe in itself but what i'm mm-hmm. saying is the same thing can happen with blur station as well because the big thing about it is we can say that we own something yeah says it perfect right here he says you get a stock in a company that will have more than one station mm-hmm. more than one station as blur station will be the first mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh jason your book the arrival that link went live today correct it did um the you can still sign up for pre-launch. We're going live okay. tomorrow. Live tomorrow. Okay, so here's the link for that. Sorry, I was I was slick on Amazon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was slick on Amazon buying buying book one and book two. So that's why I was like, <laughs> you wanna go to, you wanna go check the you wanna go check out and, and get the pre-launch for the arrival. You definitely want to go back and get 2050 Z and Zosma and Lost Children of and Drama. This series. <laughs> Oh, it's such a groundbreaking series for me. Uh, I, I love the world building because I got 2050Z when he first came onto the show and literally sat back and got it and just was sucked in. Um, it's amazing. I, I can I can really get in when the when the book is more descriptive in its words and you can see yourself. Mm-hmm. You've gotten me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one thing to be like a child and you're reading Captain America and you emulate and you want to be Captain America, but it's not us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's 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 the effect that Black Panther had that that global phenomenon of seeing young kids have that emotion and have that feeling and see someone that looked like them on screen. You know, and then to read to read twenty fifty Z and to see this story open up a whole new world of characters and power sets and a fight that you can actually see and feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So, 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 can I can I ask Jason the question, please? <laughs> because this has been on my mind since the minute we came on. I knew he was going to be on here. So when were we gonna be a part of the audio book, sir? <laughs> sir, when were we gonna be part of the audio book? Okay, because um, the thing. So um, I got wasted vocal talents. I want to put them to work. I'm gonna put it to work we for need a it. creator dog. Let's go. So um, we actually worked with a production company to record a lot of the book, and because you know I'm extra extravagant. <laughs> you know I'm like invest in my own extravagance. So um, so we recorded 
every single individual character. Nice. Um, because I wanted to do a cinematic audiobook because I can't do anything regular. <laughs> we're still working on that. It's, it's, it's been some time, but we're actually the whole book is recorded. It's really about figuring out how to like splice in the different voices and finding the budget to like pay for the post production. Mm -hmm. um, but we had oh, amazing, amazing talent. When these these auditions came in, and I was crying because of how well they did. Uh, Tashi, who's actually here, she's she's in it. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to bring that to life, but I think it's something that won't be appreciated until the series has more, you know, more notoriety. And I want to talk about the arrival quickly because the thing that's really important about that story is that at the baseline, it's a father son story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what we open with in the beginning is a scene where, uh, Patrick knows something that Alistair doesn't know. Something's coming. And he's trying to navigate his son's fear as he navigates this like cosmic, larger than this world event on its way. Um, and so when we were making the comic and, and doing the art and the panels, it was really about going back and forth between this like the intimacy and uh, really nurturing relationship between specifically like a black father and son. And then these larger than life visuals like homage to, I love disaster movies, to things like Deep Impact. And um, you'll even see in some of the scene grabs, it's like Deep Impact or uh, 2012, like, or us, um, um, oh, the one with Nicolas Cage, it was about numbers. Oh, um, next. Or next or knowing? The knowing, knowing. knowing. It was knowing. knowing. Or knowing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sarah comes and like burns up everything. So mm -hmm. there's there's that kind of back and forth. So there's a lot of personality. You really get to see Alistair's emotions, which I thought found was really important. And he's seven in the story. Um and so I I really come came to really fall in love with uh the visuals did the work that my words normally do, which was cool. Um really cool to see. And uh, I think you really start to like love Alistair in that, in that moment. And I felt that was really important that people love Alistair because when you, when you love a character that much and you look at other character, other people in the real world that look like them, you mm -hmm. associate, you know, like Harry Potter or Percy Jackson or any of those types of people, um, they can do no wrong. And imagine if we had a, just an army of characters like Alistair, who people just cherished, you know? I am so going to speed read these two books. That, that, that part, I so can't so speed read. I'll just, it'll, it'll take me to the end of the year, but I'll do it. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm going to get her done. Oh, I'm, I, a, I'm a speed reader, so I, I just need a few, I just need a day. I want to take, I, I want to take a break. And, and talk the news real quick, but I kind of don't want to get away from this conversation. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything everything that the news is entailing really deals with this conversation in, in certain aspects, Pretty you much. know, and it, we'll just take a break. <laughs> I'll make I'll make a, a conscious decision 
Uh, in, mm. in, in, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> do you like your pancakes padded? Your biscuits buttered? Your cakes fluffy? Then you should get Mother Butters. I put that on everything. Pasta, veggies, rice, and everything nice. Mother Butters will get you right. Oh yeah. GMO free, and for those who are vegan, Mother Butters has a non-dairy option. That's right. There's enough Mother Butters for everyone to enjoy. Get Mother Butters from your local grocery store. Hey, man! What you doing in my kitchen? We are back. Uh, Tashi said it. Tashi said it. It's a good convo. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what what don't we have at the table when we when we come on screen? Um, food. food. Uh, this is true. Uh, I have food. <laughs> see, not it. See, don't, <laughs> like, oh hey, you knew I was gonna eat. Like, look, <laughs> Jason knows what it is. He already knows what it is. <laughs> I paint with Jason right now, man. I paint. <laughs> Look, he came on. I'm, here for, I'm here for it. I love came. it. <laughs> Part of me. Look, oh man! He came on at a time where it was me, DC, and Brandy. And when I say Brandy is was known for eating like some noodles or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, "I'm sorry, but you know, black folks got to eat." And I was just like, <laughs> it's literally a rule. Sounds about it is a rule. Right. You right. Stay online and have, we will all be eating. That's right. It's just, that's just what we did. You know, that's what we do here. So, <laughs> a little bit of the news. It just, just, just a tad because it, it really does kind of tap into what we're doing. Boy, here we go. The strike. Ooh. Yes. Oh, a conversation or a, a comment that was held in this conversation earlier, talking about the strike, and it was by Demetrius, and he actually said, "You know, now that the strike is over, how many of us is in that room?" Mm. That's the question now. You know, um, once again, go to Blurred Station. Won't have to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> invest, 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 invest. But in all reality, it is something that you know we were seeing, like you mentioned earlier, Phil. The landscape of entertainment had changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. You know, w- whether it was dealing with the pandemic and now dealing with the strike, not even what two years out, mm-hmm. it's been bananas. And they've they've suffered for it. You know, they've they've they have they have suffered for not having content, not being able to promote content, not being able to keep content in the theater mm-hmm. three months plus. You know, now they're the dynamic of what they had changed. Mm-hmm. Five billion. <laughs> 
Mm. The golden parachute turned into a a a, a, a bronze anchor. It was falling. It, it is it is the drums of liberation. It is the drums of liberation. I did do a quick look up. That, yeah, they said uh yeah economic impact since the strike uh by ending today uh theoretically ending today would have would have put that the entertainment industry has lost six billion since the strike started. See. Mm-hmm. As Cat Williams would say, shouldn't have been talking shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, ain't that true? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it just it goes to show you that there is power in numbers. Number one, there's power in the right people, in the right collectives, mm-hmm. to make those changes. And we needed those changes because, let's face it, when this happened, we started hearing about a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Of VFX workers were getting getting shafted like movies suffered there were movies that mm-hmm. suffered time you know because of overworked uh companies overworked people i've never heard of working somewhere seven days a week in 16 hour days that's what insane God. that what was God. the that was the game industry and we're gonna talk about uh blizzard activision and what they did and yeah. everybody in that whole thing <laughs> Video games suffered big time, so oh yeah, yeah it was coming around. It was and coming it, around. This seemed, this seemed to be the year. This seemed to be the season of strikes. Mm-hmm. Everybody was striking. It, it started. The writers started to strike. The actors went on strike. Uh, the auto workers are on strike. Yes, <laughs> went on strike. And I'm like, on strike. Nurses went on strike. Everybody. On strike. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like. I'm like. Did, did Luffy get a hold of everybody? I'm like, man, that, man, that Joy Boy was kicking in everywhere, y'all. Joy Boy was everywhere. So, it, I mean, it needed it needed to be done. It really did need to be done. You know, watching movies and television, and you, I've heard about residuals before, but mm-hmm. then when you hear about them from the early '90s, you know, and or late '80s, and then you hear about them now, you're just like, wait a minute, you get yeah. paid. Wait a minute. And, and knowing that the TV land, the TV landscape alone is different, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a problem. Like there is no more. I'm going to run this show, and then after seven, eight, seven to ten seasons, it ends, but then it goes to TNT yeah. or, or or WGN or something like that, and mm-hmm. still get a good residual check off of that. No, 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 no. Now they're streaming. There is no more. That was that was their strategy was a, from the beginning. They yeah, didn't want to pay the creators. They didn't want to pay the actors or anyone who had to do with those productions anymore mm-hmm. because it was taken out of their pockets. Like they have their stake and caviar and, and the yachts and all the other stuff. $78,000 a day. Yeah. So <laughs> they thought they were being slick, but what they end up doing is scuttling themselves because, oh, yeah, you can go that direction for so long. What's being, what's being created in the meantime? Because the general public gets bored. Mm-hmm. Seeing the mm-hmm. same thing over and over, they're going to get tired. They're going to just say, "Hey, what the hell?" And it was only a matter of time. So, Bob in the in the boardroom, good for you. Bob. You fucked around and found Bob. out. But the, the, the music Bob. industry was first, right? Yeah. The yeah. First? Same thing. Yeah. They basically squeeze everybody out to the point where artists can't make money if they don't go on tour. Pretty so much. You, you make it. It's like. They have to squeeze like every little ounce mm-hmm. creative ex- expression, spirit, energy, and and mm-hmm. the margin is still low for the the person putting everything out. K-pop and it really, really high. 
for the people that own the brand, the IP, everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the the challenge that I didn't realize about um, like iTunes and Spotify and all of the the because that was what around the time like Netflix came about. Yes, it's been yeah. around now. Nobody was listening to the musicians when they were complaining about it. And it's like that age old, if, you know, they came for this, they came for the, I don't remember the saying, but it's something from like World War II. They came Uh-oh. for these people. I didn't say anything. They came for these people. I didn't say anything. They came for me. And it was yeah. like inevitable that streaming was going to impact the creative industry. And I think music just has had a really hard time you know, it doesn't have as much organization. There's, I don't think there's unions really in there, and they and they really get taken advantage of a lot with the contracts and stuff like that. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just it was like inevitable when they change the model and they say, and it doesn't scale. You know, because no matter what, the more people that subscribe, it's just the more content you need. But it costs more money to produce that content, so there's not like Uber. When you order an Uber, mm-hmm. you pay for the ride. You got to pay for the driver. Yeah, so yeah. hundred people order an Uber, or hundred thousand people order an Uber. You still got to pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't these models. I don't think like 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 you were saying. They're it, not it, out. They're not proven to be successful because we're only ten years. 10, well, they're, years. they're not built. They're really not built for. They're not built. As, and this was this was kind of explained to me because I my my area in business is about as small as a McDonald's meal, so I had to ask people. Uh, but the way it was explained to me was just that the way that these uh, industries work is that they're always top heavy, but bottom but bottom empty, which basically mm-hmm. is which basically is which I thought was crazy, just because these industries have designed plans that will forever keep them paid. But at the same time, everybody that's not of the stakeholder and the above are basically essential workers. Like mm-hmm. we, like when we talked about when we talked about the strike when it first happened, I did not realize that writers, that writers in Hollywood and everywhere else were really not getting paid anything. No, no. I mean, not getting paid anything, not getting uh not getting benefits, not getting any residuals, royalty streams, things of that nature weren't getting any of it. The big the, the basically the big wigs in the corporate office were collecting the money and they kept and it's amazing the mindset mm-hmm. of, the mindset of it all was what y'all complaining about. I mean you got so you got paid what y'all complaining about. It's one of the biggest aren't you things. working in Hollywood? Isn't this what you wanted? The funny thing is a stereotype for years where you would see the big executives always living this lavish lifestyle and you see the people underneath them just working for every little bit that they could and it's it, it hadn't changed it hadn't changed but people just getting fed up because it's getting worse now more so than anything else you want me to help you create content but you're barely paying me enough to feed my family keep a roof over my head or any other amenities but you still want me to put in 12 14 16 hours yeah, just for the, you but you're Come also seeing, but like you talked about the vfx artists that marvel i mean the, the horror stories that were coming from those artists from Marvel and saying they were put under tremendous deadlines that they had to get this, they had to get that, worked themselves sick, some almost in critical condition in some cases, and 
at the same time, there wasn't a safety net for these guys. When a lot of those movies, uh, be that as it may, how you may feel, maybe whether you like them or dislike them, were very heavy CGI VFX oriented. So that is why it's like it's amazing you would think that for all the love and care they say that goes into these movies are debatable, but the people behind them are literally getting sweatshops. I mean, I'm not trying to compare it to Nike sweatshops, but it's damn near close. <laughs> you it can. really is. You can. It's, it's a safe huge. space. Go for it. I swear, Captain Captain leaves the quarters one second. He calls about sweatshops. What in the world? I mean, it's a fault for leaving. Where we are is it's on every level, right? So it's like what's difficult is is just if you look at life in general, we've been talking about this, right? How the cost of living isn't hasn't increased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, like, people are posting stuff like this is what a hundred dollars in groceries looks like right like just the mm-hmm. sheer amount of trying to survive and having a job like we've gotten to the point where you could have a full-time job even if it's minimum wage just say it's a minimum wage job and you're working full-time but you can't mm-hmm. afford to live anywhere that should never happen it should be to a point where it's set it's regulated to a point where it's like okay cost of living means even this person, this person that makes this much should be able to at least afford a one bedroom or a studio apartment and it not be a few thousand dollars just for that. Like, right. It's kind of crazy. Right. So when you look at entertainment, the finesse there has been that somehow the people creating the thing are underneath the people that are paying for the thing or mm-hmm. have the thing, which is just a finesse to me. It doesn't make any sense. Like, if you have someone like the person that did it the best, I think was JK Rowling, right? The creator of Harry Potter, right? Mm-hmm. She gets paid for everything. You want to put some Harry Potter stickers in a vending machine at Ralph's, she gets paid for that, right? Like all of it. That's the way it should be because she wrote it in her car, homeless. Like it came from her brain. Writers, same things. If they're writing and creating something, how are they not making? more money or how is someone else making more money off of that idea because the literal thing we're watching is coming from a person right or from an idea Mm -hmm. same thing with artists all of those things it's really frustrating so it's like if you know jason writes a book Mm -hmm. there's no way that if that book gets turned into anything that he shouldn't be the person that makes the most money but that's not the way the industry works and it's just strange to me it's always been strange to me because it's like at bare minimum that person's compensated now granted i'm fine with other people making money too but that person should be the top tier because the idea came from them that's what it is and we are in this place where everything feels like it's upside down or based on corporations or big business or money or like the ceo type person or whoever it is at the top making all the money and the people actually creating the art that you see are literally getting drummed out or they look at it as like you should be so lucky to be here right which is i think what jason said Mm -hmm. and that's frustrating is that you can't um, and also, too, I think art suffers, right? So our art is suffering because then artists are under pressure. They're not you, you're taking your first idea versus if you had time to develop it, maybe your fifth or sixth idea that's better, right? So it's a lot of things, a lot of time. Um, a lot of the times, even in film now, I find that we're working without even a script. 
So I'm just like, what's going on in this scene? And they're just like, oh, just draw something cool. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't even know what's going on. Like, what if, like, what do you mean? Like, I need to know the story bare minimum or at least have an idea of what's going on in order to create something. But the creation process is also getting kind of out of control. And then when you add in AI and other things that truncate that process, it gets even worse, mm. right? Now you're going to have a whole generation of people that don't even know how to use that muscle. Like they can't uh, translate reference. They can't come up with a new idea. It's more like just this piecemeal thing. And so I don't know exactly where, where that's going to go, but I have seen on every level right now, people are hurting. And I think if you take it outside of entertainment, just in regular old real life, things are so imbalanced now that people are, you know, freaking out a bit. Like, you know, the strike definitely hit us all really hard. Um, it's still not technically over because SAG is striking and then they have to mm-hmm. deal. Like until it's over, until it's completely over, we're still dealing with it. Um, yeah. And it did make work very difficult. And people, I think people think of it in terms of like when the strike started, but the strike started at the beginning of this year. Work was slow from the beginning because they started to prepare for the strike, which means they weren't greenlighting big projects in the capacity that they normally do. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out where projects were going to land, which projects to support, which projects to cancel. Um, so just across the board right now, I kind of don't know where we are in all honesty. I'm not sure where anything is going. I just know that it all feels very upside down. And I think that's why you're seeing all of the industry strike because people are saying like, I'm making a, you know, a good living, like even people making, you know, 80, a hundred, whatever, they're all making a good wage and still barely making it. And it's mm-hmm. like, and it's just because you look at everything and it's gotten really expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember a time where you go to Walmart with two hundred dollars and come out like kings. Four carts. Four carts like a locomotive. And you now pay me to pay eight dollars for eggs. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. They were like, "Don't you want eggs? I don't That's want eggs that eggs. bad. I don't. I don't mm. need eggs that bad." Um, I got. I got a friend of mine who has chickens. I get eggs from her. Every <laughs> <day>. <laughs> We've gone back to the source, <laughs> right? Go. So right back, go back to the ground. Bill said too. Uh, you know, not only marginalized voices, right? Black and black queer. Like we have a. Di- In general, humanity has a disempowered relationship with creativity, and mm-hmm. our personal gifts. That's because if we're in touch with our gifts, we're not feeding the machine. So there's that. But then where you go, women, white women, um, people of color, and and any intersectionality, and you just keep keep going down the white supremacy like ladder, right? Because there's the talent. (laughs) More exploited, you, you expect to be. And, and when you, that's why I think independent creators and creators like, you know, Ryan Coogler are creating and, and uh, Jordan Peele um, and, the, uh, uh, and the Donald Glover are creating new levels of expectation. Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle, we can say no. Mm-hmm. And the whole world isn't going to fall apart. Right. We can decide that we don't want to be on social media. We can mm-hmm. we can make that project like get out. And it's going to be huge, even if no one believes in it but me. And so I think that if we could live with more audacity, that like as ourselves with it when it comes to our creativity, no matter what level we're creating on, whether we're just starting out 
or whether we're about to ink a deal with Netflix or HBO or Blurred Station, um, Can't. <laughs> then, then I think that, you know, you will start to see these changes because the strikes that are happening are really indicative of that. We deserve more. I deserve more for myself. I'm no longer going to take what you're willing to give me. I can see that there's something wrong and it's not working. And right. Yeah. And making the and making the and standing their ground and making them see the error of that way. I'm like, look, no, you need to understand. You wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the creators. You mm-hmm. you just wouldn't be like you said, Phil. You wouldn't be there if it wasn't for these creators making these uh, uh these shows, these movies, these narratives that bring so many people. They bring millions and millions of people to either theater seats or to the or to their home in front of the television. And the fact that you're just sitting back comfortably and saying, oh, give them this and then they'll be happy. No, there's no reason why you should have a hit series or hit, yeah, hit series like Squid Game and it made like two million and, and the creator got zilch. And then yeah. find out he gets, yeah, you, you create something like Squid Game that made Netflix buku bucks and got none of it. That part was nuts. See, that that's Alice in Borderland. It was the exact same thing. Yeah. Mm. See, that was the, that, the Squid Game story is interesting to me because he'd been working on it for so long. I pitched it before. I felt like that was strategic. Mm-hmm. And in that, maybe that wasn't the thing. Now, see, I may not give you Lost Children of Andromeda. But I can go over here and write up some stuff that I'm okay with selling and you make a lot of money off of it. And then I leverage the fact that I was the one that wrote it and then I go get my money the other way. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is like being really precious about is something that is could be a double-edged sword. It could, it could, ha- yeah. it could help or hinder you. But sometimes you do want to have that thing you can just sell off, like let go to leverage later. Um, and that's just kind of playing the game. I don't know if you agree, Phil, but I agree. Oh, it's, it's definitely a chess yeah. game. <laughs> There's a lot of projects. I tell friends this all the time. There's a lot of projects that I see with friends, and they'll just be like, they'll hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, right? And they want it. And I'm like, get something, get something out, even if it's just given like the main thing, but yeah. like everything can't be precious. So it's like this one project that you worked on for a really long time that you believe in, if it'll sell, that might be the one that you have to like put out there and that'll give you the opportunity to write something else or to create mm-hmm. something else. Um, but if you hold it, it's just sitting there with you. It's not going to go anywhere. Collecting right? dust. Yeah. And I, I realized like this year, more than anything else, we've discovered, and a lot of people already know this, but some of us are discovering that Hollywood is not a monolith. They are not the central point of everything. They are not the the mecca of entertainment. No, that's a farce. Um, it was just as evident. I went to San Diego Comic-Con, and when you removed Hollywood from it, creators were able to have the floor to connect, interact, and collaborate with other creators and even regular fans who may have resources at hand. like, I like your book. I like your comic. I like your art. Let's work it out. And it worked so well because the focus wasn't on big studios and big appearances. It actually allowed conversation to happen, which is where we are right now. Conversation needs to happen. You can't just turn your head because, oh, I'm not going to get what I'm going to get. I'm I'm not getting what I look for for it. Mm -hmm. But you have a door that you can step through and at least get the process started. 
so you can create that so you can get that manifested so when it's time and it comes out even bigger you're already two steps ahead of the game instead of waiting for someone to here i'll hand this to you oh no no thanks i'm good i'm i'm already i'm already full speed ahead i didn't need you from the beginning right yeah the other thing is too being here in in, in europe um and looking at the, uh, I love, I love how he just let that roll off his tongue. What he say? No, 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 no. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Here in the south of France, the European Union, and I am talking to you from from up here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it felt, it, it sounded so lovely. But go ahead, Jason. <laughs> so for independence, and and I think about. I'm not even gonna say where, where I got this from because it's another one of the instances where y'all are gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a film festival this year, and it was pretty eye-opening to see the way that the U European Union and the companies here treat creativity and the types of projects that they're willing to fund. Not really caring. It's not like there's. No, I don't think there's really such thing as like blockbusters here, to where they there's an industry of creating films that go um, to be these blowouts, you know, they're commercial, they're just bringing over stuff that, that we've made. Um, so you see these kind of, you know, these, these very deep emotional story driven films and you see the, the telecom companies and the European Union itself putting money aside to invest in creativity. And I think from some, some countries, they have to invest a percentage of their GDP back into the creative community. So you see, never a dull moment over here. From inside the house. I love you, Jason. I love you. So I feel like there is opportunities to partner with other places to create. You know, there are people out here. There's um, there's those virtual studios that are popping up. Um, and you, it's kind of hard to build a company or like, you know, set up a company here, but I, I, there's money here. There's money here. And they, they definitely have money for marginalized voices. They, they, have, they have money set aside for, for BIPOC art um, nice. Nice. across the whole spectrum, like visual art, um, painting, sculpture, film, um, music, and uh, literature. So I definitely... Definitely think it's worth just exploring outside of that that kind of that narrow funnel, especially right. if you make make something of your own. Um, just look at the resources that are available. I think it's it's definitely like you said, it's an eye opener. Knowing that, and it's refreshing, knowing that we have BIPOC creators now who are making more strides. Are being seen more and being, you know, seen more. Seeing young men that are the age of how old was that young man? I think he was 14 that did the Lego scene in Spider Verse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm like, this is a 14 year old black kid 
<laughs> I was just like, I was, I was blown away. I'm like 14. I'm like, I'm a grown man, and I'm just putting together a set. You know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, you tell me I could have put this in the movie. You know, so nah, <laughs> right now. <nah. laughs> but knowing that, you know, that impression is being put on that next generation, even in even the current generation. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that impression is being set there, that puts me in a good place. That says, you know, we're being seen now. You know, now the question is, how do we take the next step, Blur Station? Uh, we take the next step of saying, this is ours. You mm-hmm. can't have this. Because because if you take it, you might bastardize it. As a matter of fact, you just will, you know, bastardize it. Or learning that model and quote unquote exploiting said model you know so you can get on top like you said Phil if you have eight eight projects go ahead and sell a couple of them and make that money but keep that one that you really want to do for yourself and and do it for where it's really going to benefit you everybody has to have at least one project where they won't compromise because that's where the art is like where you Mm -hmm. won't compromise you don't allow someone to come in and change it or whatever it is, but they're the, to play the game. You do have to have the projects that are more toss away in yeah. order to make, build, collect, you know, build, uh, you know, uh, uh, connections and like working with people and all of that. I just think that there, there, it's a there's a cadence to it and there's a rhythm to it, and that's how you kind of have to do it. Because if you try to hold everything, not every there's very rare projects that come along where they don't want where people don't want to institute themselves into it or insert themselves into it or change it or allow you to just kind of go off right those projects right. are few and far between where you can really kind of get them through and every time those projects break through they're successful like there'll be some you know a sleeper hit where people are like how did this and it's like it's like of course that was going to do well it's because you kind of left them alone mm-hmm. uh, i think that that's kind of where we need to be um, but it's been difficult to get people to kind of see that and then also to get people to kind of jump and then also to like for me i've been really big on you know with us at 9B, we try to partner a lot. So we try to partner to say like, let's support people or let's try to see if we can find a way to bridge our community together so we're not all working singularly or separately, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like building those power dynamics to where you can actually put something out and structure it. Like you have the power to do it. You might not have all the resources, but someone else does. But what we're all doing is without realizing it is everyone's using the max amount of resources they have and going in this direction. And it's like, but you could combine with like these two other people be even more powerful, right? Like, so it's right. like, that way, and then you can get stuff out. I think I modeled a lot of that off of Jim Henson and the way he started kind of his company, which was he did commercials, he did all this stuff, but he had a group of core friends that all had different skill sets and they all combined together to work on each other. I you work on each other's ideas, right? So it'd be like, okay, Susan's got this idea for whatever, let's all work towards that. I can camera, I can do this, I can do that, you can do this, right? So they combine, and then as soon as Susan's idea gets off the ground, then they go and do another one. They're like, okay, Jim's got this puppet idea. Okay, let's try that. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it's, that, it's that thing, and then before long, you have something. Um, and a lot of minority families and people of color do that same thing when they come here, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll have like Asian families will come here, they all are together in one place and they say, okay, you know, the Kim family wants to open a bank and so we'll all work together to help them open that bank. Then once the bank gets going, they're like, you know, the Chu family wants to open a restaurant. So then they all put their resource, like it's that, it's trying to get it all together. And I feel like right now, if we could just focus, we're all 
you have a lot of successful, if I'm just talking about black people, you have a lot of successful black people, but we're all spread out, right? So right. we're in different parts of the industry, or you'll find, you can always go to a website and you'll see a fancy company and there's at least one or two black people in there, but they're yeah. right? Like that's the way that it is, but they might feel isolated or feel like they can't bring people in, but then right next to them, there's another company that looks the exact same. So at mm-hmm. some point, it's like, how do we get those people that feel isolated, but at the top of their game to work together? Mm-hmm. That's the missing point. That's the missing piece. That part. Ah, This conversation. I love having these type of conversations, by the way, because it's it's eye opening for our viewers. It's eye opening for the listeners Mm -hmm. and it puts a fresh perspective, you know, because there's always there's always someone who's like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Or I would like to see this project or I would like to read that book or I will, you know, and. I'm glad to be in a space where I can help garner those relationships, build those bridges, build those relationships, you know, and 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 literally sit back, like in, in the case of Phil, sit back and we're like, yo, hey, I know that dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so, but it, but it feels good knowing that we're in those spaces and we're making differences as well and in, in inspiring other people, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it just it just does it does me proud. You know what I mean? And so uh, but before we close out, Ooh. I want to thank yeah, I, hey, I got to keep it under two hours. We got to we got to be professional. Um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> OK, let's do it. OK, we try. Uh, we try. I want to thank Jason and Michael Primrose. You want to go? go you want to go get that project? Tell him, Obi. Tell him, Obi. You want to go? Get that, <laughs> you want to go get his new project, The Arrival? It's up now, uh, or it goes live tomorrow. Correct? Mm-hmm. Goes yeah. live tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, my man is over in Portugal. Ain't that something? <laughs> tell tell mm-hmm. the people where they can find you at, man. Um, you can follow me at, at Jason Michael Primrose. Uh, uh, or or at Lost Children of Andromeda. I've been doing both of my posts um, there. And um, yeah, also I'm working on a poetry book of uh, that's kind of chronicles like creativity and then my black experience during the pandemic. So that'll be out next year. So that's gonna be, that's gonna be intense. A lot of performance, a lot of live spoken word and everything like that. Um, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, get the arrival. It's gonna be on Zoop. Um, three different covers. We have Kanan White cover, Ian Sebastian, who's who's a new creator, who is really incredible. He did the color cover that you see on there. I haven't haven't released the Kanan White cover yet. (laughs) Um, And then we have the original kind of movie style poster that we did. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. But this is one of, this is one of many. This is the first comic we're going to keep, we're going to keep building these comic book narratives uh, around the different characters um in the story and then yeah and then get 2050z if you haven't read it already you yes. can get a limited edition version in the kickstarter we did a new red cover um it's like real intense um so i'm excited about yeah, that that too. novel is amazing <laughs> Dang, <I Man>. <laughs> thanks jason jason you already know this door is always open uh, you can always come just hit me up. Just, it's funny when it's funny when when your people hit me up and it was like, so Jason Micro Primrose is a writer. I'm like, we know Jason. Uh, <laughs> like, Here's the link. Say less. Uh, so, but thanks for coming through, my guy. Uh, always door door always open. 
Uh, next time we have a plate of food, according to Spartan, we. we <laughs> uh, I want to thank this special guest, Phil, Phil Boutte Jr. of Nine B Collective. He's stopping through, uh, showing some love and support. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, man. Uh, on Instagram, I am Phil P H I L underscore Boutte uh, B O U T T E. Yes, my last name is Boutte. If it's not funny, you're not saying it right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably the easiest way to remember it. Uh, and then I have a Nine B Collective, or the the number Nine B Collective. Um, uh, or at 9B Collective. Thank you. That's there. Um, and then I also want to encourage everybody also to go and check out Jason's work. And I will be posting links to your Kickstarter and making sure that we show support in that way. Um, uh, because you guys should all just be supporting independent artists. Um, that's that. That. Yeah. Like, so let's everybody, let's work together and make sure that that's a success. <laughs> Absolutely. Woo. Thank we you. definitely got to have the entire crew of 9B Collective on because they. When I say their hands is in everything, man. <laughs> I, 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 I'm waiting for another all-stop moment. Just, I, I was just like, I'm like, wait, wait. All-stop wait. moments coming. <laughs> Screeching breaks. I literally, I literally, I told little Lady Mandalore, I'm like, they've done everything I've watched. I'm like. <laughs> we we um, have a good time. We do yeah, have a good we, time. We do. We definitely do. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things still coming up and a lot of things going. I think everybody just needs to, I think in the spirit of this conversation, it's about supporting each other. Mm -hmm. I think that right now we definitely need that as independent artists, but just as artists in general, like right. um, with, with the onslaught of AI and everything else that's really changing how we work, um, it's going to be really important to see everybody kind of banding together and things together. Um, as opposed to letting it splinter us further, because um, exactly. it's, it's definitely not over. Um, I also just want to make a plug for everyone that has been watching to understand that although there are AI provisions in place that the writers and everybody have been fighting for, visual AI is still very much so a problem. Um, mm -hmm. So it's something that be kind of addressed and thought about in terms of protections from it, how it's going to be used, how it's not going to be exploitative, all of those things. Um, there's still that needs to be worked out. So I just want to kind of call that out while I have, you know, the time to do so. Um, so just make sure you're paying attention to it because as far as like writing things, they're like, oh, I can't write this or I can't direct this or I can't do that. But no one's really paying attention to visual AI. Like, yeah. are we still going to allow it to start designing? Are we going to allow it to start doing the work that we're doing? It's that type of deal. Um, so just calling that out um, and make sure that you're showing support for artists because they really need it. Right. Mm -hmm. Appreciate yeah. it, guy. Thank you guys for having me. Always. Door always open. Black Spartan and Obi into in, yeah. in the wings. Obi is always somewhere, but uh, the youngest forehead. Yes. Somewhere. What can you say? The youngest forehead in the bunch. The youngest <laughs> forehead in the woods. But yes, oh uh, I can be found Black Fox 447 on all social. Do reviews on just about everything. Um, podcast, you know how the freck got here every Wednesday and Saturday. Of course, video game podcast get bit every Friday. Podcasts can be found wherever you get your podcasts from or see them. Also, blurredseyeview.org, where I write wrestling, because wrestling is real. People are fake, especially with Jay Cargill going to WWE. Oh. It is going to be interesting because Vince is still there. We know how he feel about black women. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> also, guys, again, we've been preaching this all night. Word of mouth is powerful. If you know someone that is starting a uh, starting something new, a con, a book, movie, anything of that nature, 
please, please, oh please, like, share, comment, spread the word. We can beat the algorithm by word of mouth alone if everybody joins in. Also, con season again, three very quick rules. Respect the cosplayers at all costs. You do not want to run into a guy like me because I'm pretty much the security. Number two, wash your ass. As much as soap those things are still available. Wash your ass. And number three, the same rule as I apply to cons is apply to myself. Simply put, be kind, be polite, do not be a dick, and we'll all be cool. <laughs> That number two and number one, they should be switched around. <laughs> Leave it just like it is. Leave it just like it is. They ain't broke. Don't fix it. Ain't that right, Obi? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Obi is fascinated with a sock right now. Irish Spring does wonders. <laughs> it's always a first impression. Uh... All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, blurs of all ages, good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Once again, it's your Frosty Beard of Blurred Coin here with the crew of all crews, Blurred's Eye View. We got the fantastic people popping up in here. We got Jason doing a thing, and we got Phil doing a thing. If you ain't doing, if you ain't saying his name right, just just leave the room. Just <laughs> there's no hope for y'all. There's no hope for y'all. Here's it's, you know what's funny about Phil's last name is that I knew how to pronounce it thanks to Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> wow! I I seen it. I'm like. I know how to say that. <laughs> it's like that's a there, proud moment for me. There's been a few people that have gotten it from Saved by the Bell too. If you used to watch that, remember Mr. <laughs> Mr. Looney? Where they'd be like Mr. Looney, and he'd be like, "It's Lune. like the same <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Looney, and I'm like, "It's Boutte," you know, like, oh, wow. like it makes a difference. <laughs> Please. You can find me on Instagram and X under Navy Montel, the one and only name. But you can find me on YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok under Rogue Catnip. I am here with the crew. I have two rules always. Be respectful and be yourself. Basement virgins, also known as gatekeepers, stay away from me and I won't embarrass you. Cool? <laughs> cool. That's it. Oh, my goodness. It's been a show, and it's always been a great show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you to our guest, Jason Michael Primrose. Go hit him up. Go get that. Go jump on that link. Get 2050Z. Get Zosma. Get Lost Children of Andromeda. Get all these projects, including the arrival. The pre-launch is tomorrow. Uh, thank you, Phil, for jumping in and uh, joining in on the conversation. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you, everybody who's watching out there on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. You'll see dope conversations such as this, shorts, interviews you won't see anywhere else, and so much more. Uh, remember to educate yourself and others, entertain yourself and others, and most of all, encourage yourself and others. But you can always follow us. On Blurred's Eye View, you can follow us on IG. You'll go to the link tree in the bio, and it will show you to all the places you can find us. But until then, we will see you guys Thursday. And until then, thank you. Thanks, Trey. <laughs> thanks, Trey. Um, until then, we're out of here. See you guys Thursday at 8 p.m.